Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamut Zeta Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call as total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. So, Jeremy, I'm so delighted that uh, we're finally meeting face to face and be able to talk to you. And uh, it's really a pleasure to get to know to you better after all those uh, long months that you've been on, on the a team that uh, actually transcribes fingering and pedaling for us, right? I'm so yeah, happy absolutely. and thankful to you and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, uh, let's start our conversation, uh, Jeremy, um, uh, about your, your background. How did you get into the organ world? And uh, most specifically, how did you first fell in love with the organ? Do you remember the story? Yeah. Um, well, my dad is a Lutheran minister and uh, the church that he was working at was looking at trying to get me to start taking organ lessons. So, so they paid for the original organ lessons. Uh, that was when I was 13 or 14. So a long time ago. Um, wasn't really into it at the time. Uh, but when my father moved to another, um, another church, they had a really great organist there, a guy by the name of Jim Boschker. And I remember actually what made me fall in love with it. Uh, the instrument was at one postlude, he was playing Gulman's um, March on a theme of Handel, Lift Up Ye Heads. Yeah. And when the fugue started, people started coming back into the, coming back into the church. And that slowly built over time. And I just fell in love with the piece. I fell in love with the organ. Uh, mm -hmm. I took lessons when I was in college. Um, I have my doctorate of music in piano performance. And so uh, my first job after I received my doctorate was in a small town called Blue Mountain. And um, there was a church there looking for an organist and it was a great extra money. So I started playing the, playing the, the organ more extensively and starting studying even more that, at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really kind of when, when it took off. That was about... 15 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And so. Wonderful story. <coughs> have you ever played this piece afterwards? I have. I did learn it about five years ago. I used it for the weekend after Easter. Mm -hmm. It's a great piece. Great piece. You know, uh, Jeremy, I'm, I cannot stop but uh, uh, wonder at your prolific uh, 
feedback uh, on our base camp communication channel you every day basically without even missing a beat um, give our, our um, community the details uh, what have you been working on right and uh, you're yep. answering all those questions you receive is that uh, is that not too difficult for you um well i do I, I do miss a couple of days but it mm -hmm. kind of gets me into a routine and that usually at the end of the day uh while my wife and i are watching some television i'll kind of fill in the fill in the gaps on what i've done on the organ during the day and what i've been looking at and other things like that so it takes about 15 minutes at the end of the day to get all of those uh, things typed in yes those insights are wonderful and the people actually are noticing you and sometimes commenting you yes. right not everybody yes. who is in our community is active on basecamp but but those who do usually report um, much more uh, faster development in organ playing i would say right and and talks also uh, increased motivation to practice yeah uh, that's i do love that about the base camp um that we do have that little community that we are encouraging each other and giving each other hints on how to fix things or what we're working on um i remember i'm still working on i've been working on that dorian fugue for a year now yes uh, the box yes. 539 and i think i wouldn't have kept going <laughs> without somebody saying oh you're doing it this speed or something like that so yeah, yeah yeah and now i notice that other pieces that you're playing also you're measuring the metronome markings and at which speed mm -hmm. you are playing sort of documenting your day it's your like a little organ diary right yeah right right exactly yeah I, I tried doing that in a i have a book that i was doing that in for a while and it's just easier to do it online it is uh, yeah. i like i like journals and uh, handwriting stuff but it's it's getting increasingly difficult to do this by hand uh, mm -hmm. one of these days maybe maybe i will have willpower to do it uh, the, yeah. the hard way but but not yet <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. when you just have you know a couple of buttons to press it's much easier on the keyboard obviously and you still have to think about it all day long right right and I, well, I, I teach at a college, and so while I'm, while I'm even putting these things into the base camp, I'm trying to pay attention to my writing and sentence structure and all that stuff. So it, it keeps me thinking about that as well. Mm -hmm. if I'm going to force my students to do it. I better be doing it as well. Well, yeah. Um, do you actually uh, your, your students? Do you have uh, tell tell us a little bit more about your your uh, teaching uh, uh, activities, right? Uh, what kind of college is there? Is that and uh, what do you do there? We um, I, I teach at Briarcliff University in Sioux City, Iowa, in the United States. Um, it's a very small Franciscan liberal arts college. Uh, so I'm, I was hired as a general education instructor for teaching music appreciation and music history and then kind of catch-all for whatever the other instructors didn't want to teach. So I've taught world music and music and technology kind of finale software. Yes. And um, I teach organ when I have students for it. And I've taught piano. I accompany the singers. I accompany the choirs. And... I play for all the services and everything that they need me for. Mm -hmm. So it, it keeps me busy. It's actually, it's a full, it's a full-time gig. And then I also have a job at uh, a church in town where I'm the organist, pianist. Mm -hmm. 
well. Do you find that uh, having uh, multiple uh, streams of work uh, is beneficial to your, let's say, career, or would you rather do just one single focused uh, work? Uh, there are days I want to just do one thing, uh -huh. uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it's kind of I'm I'm really enjoying teaching at two different levels. I, my my music history and my music appreciation are completely two different sets of people, and um, just getting watching somebody finally listen to a piece of music for the first time and realize what's going on in it is is fun to see. But then also in my history class, trying to have so we started medieval music yesterday and seeing them start getting into the philosophies of the time that the music of the spheres and everything, hearing that for the first time, that, that's also fun. So um, I think if I just did music appreciation all the time and nothing else, it would be a little demoralizing uh -huh. because I wouldn't be able to get into this higher, higher thinking skills or higher thinking about music that I really enjoy. Yes. Yes. Do you like and do you enjoy writing about music? <coughs> I I have written about music. <laughs> I've written a couple of reviews um, for the 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 journal of now uh, what is that journal? Music Educators Journal. Yes. Um, finding time to do it with my class load and organ practice and piano practice and everything I'm doing is is difficult. So I don't do enough writing about music. Mm -hmm. I should. But it's related, right? Thinking and writing and reading, probably, it's all related. Uh, and our community of uh, total organists and uh, secrets of organ playing, obviously, um, would do very well if if they took uh, took example from you, right? Uh, uh, about uh, thinking about music and uh, maybe even reporting their daily activities, what they do mm. in terms of organ playing. This keeps people on track uh, in terms of their goals, obviously, and. Uh, if they do this regularly, it becomes a habit, right? Right, exactly. I mean, yeah, there will be days when you have that, that setback. Um, you didn't quite get to where you were the day before, but then you can go back a month and see that you were just working on one little passage, and now you're working on entire pages of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's uh, I know, um, I take lessons from Dr. J. Gordon Christensen down in Council Bluffs, and he says, you know, if I don't, see you for about a month i can hear that leap forward but we hear it every single day and we don't realize those jumps we make in our playing mm -hmm. uh, i knew one christensen jay gordon christensen he was in nebraska once is that that's him that's him oh that's him. my regards he, he uh retired from the he retired from the church at imperial uh-huh and he moved in Council Bluffs, and he started a, a music conservatory down there with a, at a church. That's wonderful. He says hi too. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we we called him Mr. C. Yep. He likes uh, he likes that. And uh, Osher and I were pl playing uh, recitals uh, each year when we were studying uh, at uh, UNL. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had this uh, concert series in his church and um, actually scholarship for students to go and play mm -hmm. from UNL to Imperial. And he, it was a really wonderful experience, not only driving all the way from Lincoln he to told, Imperial. He told me he loaned you his Corvette. 
Exactly. That was my first <laughs> classic car experience. <laughs> and the last. No, not the last. <laughs> I, I drove a Cadillac uh, the same night. Oh, nice. Uh, his his uh, community member, I remember, uh, loaned me <laughs> a Cadillac too. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so Jeremy, can you tell us uh, what are you working on right now besides the Dorian Fugue? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I, I took the AAGO exam back in June and I passed mm -hmm. the written part, but the, the performing part they thought I needed to work on, mostly it's a... Um, it was the um, transposing, uh -huh. transposing part. I, I really did not do very well on. And then there was one other part they thought that I needed to work on. So I have to, I'm going to retake the playing portion of it, but I'm going to learn a whole new set of literature just okay. to keep myself going. And so um, I'm working on the Bach A major prelude and fugue 536. Yes. Um, George Georg Bohm's prelude and fugue in D minor. Uh-huh. Either D minor or G. I think it's D minor. It's I just a, got it in the mail the other day. It is rarely played. Most yeah. people play C major. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is one of the required required pieces on the uh -huh. um, for the AGO though. Uh that's the associate for the American Guild of Organists. It's a um kind of like getting a bachelor's degree. Yes. Um that's what it's supposed to stand for. Anyway, um and then the Hindemith second sonata, the first movement of it. I've gotten most of the fingering worked out on that. I have about a page left to go, and then I'll start like really working on it. And then Louis Vierne's um, Symphony Number no. One, the finale. Uh huh. I think associate's degree or exam is is like uh, equivalent of master's degree. Oh, uh, it could be because uh, I, uh, service playing certificate is like bachelor's. I would. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And of well, course, it's fun to, it, it, again, this is kind of something else that's keeping me on track. It's giving mm -hmm. me something to work towards. Mm -hmm. um, several years ago, uh, I was, I realized that I need to have something, a long-term goal, a one-time-a-year one thing that I have to work towards and have stuff prepared for uh, to keep myself motivated. And the first one was uh, I was, I received, um, it was, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, Mason here in the United States, and uh, it was a memorizing all of the degree work, and then being able to say it out loud for somebody. And then I realized, you know what, I can start doing this in Oregon, and so I started working on the service playing, and I did the colleague, and now I'm up to the associates. And so, uh -huh. it's a it's another sort of motivation to keep me working towards things. It's so good that there is this uh, exam system in the U.S. Yep. where people can not only formally advance if they studying at university or college level they receive degrees right but people from all kinds of um, situations they can just uh, practice study and uh, take those exams even from different countries right you don't have so. to go physically to the exam location if you're playing for service playing certificate i would say right, right. it could be done by by audio recording or video exactly. <coughs> for uh, advanced levels like associate and fellowship levels then of course physical location is required yep. uh, so it was kind of it was it was fun because i um found out that i was gonna i, I play on an electro pneumatic organ at the church i play at it's a three manual cast event 
And the organ that I took the exam on was a, a, a two-manual tracker Dobson. And so I had to get used to a completely different organ very quickly uh -huh. um, when I took that exam. Uh -huh. So they gave me three hours in the morning to kind of play around with it and figure out the uh, the stop list and how to how to kind of figure things around. So where where did you take this exam? I took it at uh, Westminster Church in uh, Westminster Presbyterian Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh huh. So the same region. Yep. yep. Not too far. And my parents live there. Um, I had the opportunity to go to Kansas City or uh, Minneapolis and my parents live in Minneapolis so we made a weekend of it yeah yeah um, well I hope that uh, next time when you take it uh, you will be of course uh, luckier than last time yeah. It, it yeah. involves a great deal of luck too taking those exams it's like a sport or competition mm -hmm. right uh, maybe you are well prepared but maybe just on the on the test day exam day maybe you're not feeling well right or something yeah. else is is uh, sticking and uh, or or you didn't maybe uh, get enough sleep the night before and that's that uh, th changes things right and also you deal with the judge's preferences mm -hmm. whoever's doing the adjudicating um they didn't like how i played the caesar franks piece for a week ah. and he made he made the statement uh, you see it was this was a adequate preparation of this piece. <laughs> adequate. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, well, I thought it played it pretty well, but adequate. adequate is good, right? Adequate. It's adequate. It's adequate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good. Um, but at least you have uh, passed the written portion, which is yep. nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you say you need to work on a little bit more uh, about um, transposing, right? What about what about um, uh, experimenting with the hymns at church, right? Do you regularly transpose at church, for example? I, I, I've been doing more of it. Uh, usually mm -hmm. I just take uh, things up a half step on the last verse yes. or something along those lines. Of, uh, so I had a, a reharmonization of one of the hymns in a new key, so I, I modulated out of the original key on the, uh, on the spot. That's something else through your, with your encouragement and everything, I've been trying to do a lot more improvisation yes. during church yes. services um, and things like that. So I, a couple weeks ago, I, um, I played at a Lutheran church here in town and I, uh, I, I used about three or four minutes of an improvisation at the end of the prelude and stuff like that. So getting more used to it, I think is, is the most important thing. And then of course, um, when I'm working on the hymns every week, I do try and transpose them uh, mm -hmm. a step in either direction. Do people know that uh, you are, for example, improvising at church or, or um, are, are they not aware of this? Um, I don't think they are aware of it. Mm -hmm. My wife didn't realize it when I was improvising the other day. So uh -huh. she was standing next to me. She's my page turner. Uh -huh. And uh, so I was just, I was... Uh, playing around with the hymn tune um, and using, putting the hymn tune in my, in my left hand and then playing figurations in my right hand and some stuff in the pedals and she didn't realize what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think the congregation does. I think we've had that conversation on the base camp that um, my preludes and postludes tend to not be listened to. <laughs> uh -huh. People are having full blown conversations over the top of it. So one, one Sunday I played the, 
Messian's um, the um, Church Eternal, uh-huh. apparition of the Church Eternal, with that four Fs in the middle of it. <laughs> it's difficult to listen to. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they they big C major chord with everything pulled out, and nobody was speaking after that. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it's 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 a difficult piece not only to play but but to listen, right? Uh, yeah, to, yep. to experience this um, increasing uh, energy, right? And and this mm-hmm. mental gravity that is going towards you, coming towards you. It's it's really uh, sometimes it's it doesn't feel uh, well. Uh, for people right. it's menacing sometimes it, it, and keeping it, it at that slow speed yes this is what 66 to the eighth note yeah it's so slow yeah and it just goes on it's like uh, the recordings i've listened to and I, I i think i do it in about eight and a half minutes but i've heard recordings that are people doing it nine and a half to ten minutes yeah so i at least um uh, uh, it's faster than le banquet celeste right yeah <laughs> I've used that one too. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's softer and gentle and uh, more like meditation and you could play yes. it for communion probably. It's it's um, easier for listeners, I think. Well, yeah. I'm very glad that you are actually um, trying to uh, your congregation to get used to the new music, right? Not only to... Mm-hmm the Dorian Fugue, but also to the less uh, classical composers, uh, less known composers for them. Of course, we know Messian yep. well, but but they might, uh, might, you know, experience it for the first time and hopefully not for the last time. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, well, I got excited. I heard a piece the other day. There was an organist playing here in town and uh, he played the, oh, it's, uh, Charles Turnemere. Oh, oh. I've not heard any of I had not heard any of his music before, so I'm going to be out looking for some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if uh, if people like Charles Turnemir and um, enjoy modal style improvisations or, or uh, mm-hmm. short pieces, he he has written every uh, for every Sunday of the of the liturgical year, um, like organ mass in five or or so movements, right? You can okay. choose, you can play everything, but you can choose shorter movements, and uh, you could play the last uh, sortie or toccata or fantasy for the Fauxlute too. But it's more more advanced. Uh, the last piece is always more advanced. Yeah. It's longer, and uh, people in France usually play longer pieces for the postludes. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a good introduction to the French modal uh, modal system, I would say. Um, I like it uh, a lot, and uh, some people take it as a mo- model to improvise. Uh, I, I remember studying a little bit from those uh, scores and um, playing my own things based on those scores. It really is like a like a starting point for me sometimes, and I uh, take a chant, a Gregorian chant, for example, and. Um, develop the theme based on that model but in my own way maybe on the different theme that uh, Turnemir has done that works very well um, do you I've, think- I've, I've, I've started doing something similar like a, 
<clears throat> I'll sight read through a piece of music sometime during the week, and then I will try and do an improvisation around what they're doing in that in that uh, style. Uh, not really gotten to the point of developing ideas too much, or um, it's really their style. You can tell it's not me. Mm -hmm. It's it, but it's their. It's I'm trying to do stuff around their what they had done in their pieces. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great. So besides transposing, what other challenges are you encountering in your organ playing um i think all, we all deal with that idea of having time i would love to be able to spend two or three hours a day at the piano and two or three hours at the organ every day but uh, with my teaching load and getting everything ready for classes that's just impossible just finding an hour um a day is is pretty lucky um you're right. People who write to me those feedback uh, messages about uh, things that they're uh, finding a challenge, really finding time is number one for everybody. Mm -hmm. in, in this day and age, um, it's very rare that a person is free to do what they want, right? Yep. Uh, their day and their time. Uh, so, yeah, but sometimes, sometimes we can... Uh, work on our, you know, priorities. I'm not saying you're not working, of course, but but uh, people sometimes, um, I don't know, watch TV instead of practice, right. right? Or guilty. You, <laughs> me too, me too, Jeremy. It's okay. TV is important. Relaxing is important too. Yep. You cannot really uh, hope to be able to practice, practice, practice uh, month after month. Then you get burn burnout, and right, and right. You have to take vacation anyway. <laughs> right. Well, I, this, this is something I'm doing this year, and um, it's helping keep my morale up. And just that, you know what? I my job every single day is to play and talk about music. Mm -hmm. I get paid to do that. That's amazing. It is amazing. It's a privilege. It's amazing. It's a privilege. And so um, I'm just trying to, uh, at any time I sit down at an instrument, I'm trying to think about it as, as this is just something that I get to do for me. I, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a piece for a choir or a piece for a singer. It's, it's, it's an, I get to play music. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's exciting. So it's keeping my morale up for about two months now. Excellent. Jeremy, yeah. I have a question about your, your classroom and your students. Yeah. Um, do they go to, for example, to your church to hear you play? Uh, they, my church, um, most of my students don't, uh, either they're Catholic mm -hmm. and I play at a Methodist church yes. or, uh, or they're not religious. Uh -huh. So they don't they don't attend churches. I've I've seen a student of mine or two. I've in, I've invited them. The opportunity is there. Uh, very rarely do they take me up on it. So you know uh, what I'm going to suggest now, right? Uh, because I've been a big proponent of uh, recording your own work or my own. Yes. Right, because then I can influence my own students all over the world this way, and uh, you could do too. It's it's very simple. You just upload your um, your cell phone recordings to YouTube or Facebook, whatever you you feel, wherever your students are, right, wherever mm -hmm. they congregate, and suddenly 
you have a big influence on them uh, besides classroom setting. Uh, I know some some teachers are hesitant to to get involved in social media with their students, right? Because it's right. sometimes uh, viewed as inappropriate. But I would think that this um, professional level of communication is is not a big deal. It, it never hurts, right? You yeah, that's a great idea. I really should do that. Expands your reach, reach. Yep. Um, and another thing that I can uh, suggest that really works for people is: um, uh, Have you have you ever thought about uh, secrets of organ playing uh, contest? Uh, about I, I have, and every week I get around. I I have something, and then uh -huh. I forget to record it. <laughs> Because you are the so, person who produces so much material week after week. I mean, it's it's you don't have to do anything else. You just you do whatever you do, and you just um, put the camera in front of you, right? You talk introduction. Hello, guys. This is Jeremy, and uh, this is my piece for this week's contest. And we yep. have this special weekly award for each week, so that I could uh, know that this piece is recorded specifically for that week and right. you you upload it to 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 probably to youtube channel and then uh, share this link uh, to your uh, steam it post uh, and then uh, we have a number of people participating like this and those who do week after week actually they they report a great deal of um, motivation boost, just like our Basecamp channel, right? But it's on a yeah. practical level. They they get motivated to sit down on the organ bench, and um, it's like a small weekly challenge that they do. And it's yeah, I, I I I enjoy watching the videos, and every week I think I'm going to do it, mm -hmm. and then it goes by, and I I just haven't got it done. So not this week because I'll be out of town um, next week. Yes. I will see if I can sit down and get that done. And probably do the Dorian Takata. Excellent. Dorian will work very well. Yes. And, uh, you know, I've just recently talked to James Flores from Australia, who also will be on our podcast. Maybe uh, by, the, by the time our listeners will hear our conversation with you, they have already heard James Flores. But uh, n uh, never mind. Uh, I, I meant to see that. Uh, he recorded week after week those pieces, right? That he's mm -hmm. research for our contest too, and now he has released a CD because of those. Oh. Yeah, he has a complete library of works, archives. He he just uh, took a audio of that most of the time, and it was good enough, and produced a CD recording. That's how oh. he. Did it. And CD is wonderful, not only for, um, you know, like a, like a souvenir, but also for spreading the word about yourself, about yeah. your abilities, like a, like a, it's like a, um, evidence of your work, right? Yeah. And my congregate, the congregation at the church would actually like that. Yes. I, we have a, we have a 15 to 20 people who are pretty dedicated to the organ there. Mm -hmm. And so they, they put money into it and they, they're, uh, the, the, my church is the one who pays for my American Guild of Organists training and all my, all my sponsor, um, what's that called? Membership mm -hmm. into the guild. And so they, they treat me very well. So, and they would be actually very happy for me to do that. Wonderful. Thank you for the idea. 
Yeah, you're welcome, yeah. Jeremy. I'm really glad uh, that um, that it might work out for you. Okay, you know, some people yeah. are shy in front of camera, but obviously, you as a teacher, you're not shy. You, it's you're natural at this, probably, right? Talking uh, into into uh, into camera and uh, you know talking basically to group of people and uh, yeah. to strangers basically and um, recording yourself is just another step towards that goal i would say yeah and if you want if you want uh, you could send me your preferred username that i could create your steam account for you uh, it doesn't have to be your full name it could be completely anonymous uh, complete, something else right uh, some other word that you want it could be your name if you want uh, to keep it professional or, or personal. Okay. That's okay. Yes. Yeah. So, wonderful. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, to hearing you play and and, and uh, giving you prizes. We have prizes for, for, for <laughs> participants. Good. Well, that's... that's I, I... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a long... Think of what I was going to say. Good, good. So we talked about uh, things that you're working on, challenges, right? Uh, about uh, some of your goals. You want to take this exam uh, next year, right? Yep. Uh, would you like, uh, Jeremy, to to play concert recitals uh, in your church, for example? I'm actually trying to work on something like that. Um... Last year, I, I did play a very fairly short recital down in Council Bluffs for Dr. C at his church. Um, they did a Lenten series there, and I would like to get something like that started at my church. Um, just on a, I've, I've spoken to the, the 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 minister, the music minister at the Catholic church here in town. If we have a cathedral, and he's on board, I just um, didn't get it done last year. Just putting a five weeks of concerts during Lent mm -hmm. and having the organ featured in different churches around town because we have a, um, oh, I can't, a VEC organ at the cathedral. We have a cast event at the church I play at. Uh, a local organ builder built his own organ for his church. A guy by the name of Rick Darrow. I'd like to feature that on there. Just have people move throughout the city and see the different organs in town. Mm -hmm. Uh, then also, I'm I'm planning on doing an Advent recital at my church. So another reason um, I thought the A major, A major Prelude and Fugue of Bach would work well there, and then a couple of I have. Uh, what's his name? Wayne Warren did a series of variations on the Bach at Alf, uh -huh, uh -huh. and a couple of other other pieces about half hour, forty five minute long recital, just to get our congregation used to coming to organ recitals. There's a like I told you, I went to this organ recital just this last week here in town, and ten people were there. Uh huh. It was, yeah. it was not 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 good attendance. Uh huh. So. And I just returned from another recital here in Vilnius Cathedral. They have this weekly series over the summer, and it was full, mm -hmm. full yeah. with tourists. You know, it's a it's a capital city, of course, and lots of tourists. And they, they know the place and they wander around and they sit down and, and listen to 30 minutes of organ music. This is nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. That, that is nice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in, in, in places like uh, other towns, it's not easy 
to create this tradition because it's never been done before. People are right. not used to it. They don't know it's important or, or beautiful. They, they are not sure they will like it or not, right? Right. Do this a little bit uh, uh, week after week or, or month after month, if it's a monthly recital. I think in a few years, it will become a tradition. Yep. Yeah? And people we, uh, regard it as a An hour and a half away from here is Omaha. Yes, and the uh, yes. that Omaha um, Guild chapter, they fill churches, and there there's there's concerts going on every week. So the cathedral down there, they're I'm really excited. They're they're doing Boxby Minor Mass in March, mm -hmm. uh, wow. bringing in a group uh, from Kansas City to actually do that in the cathedral down there. Um, but they they will fill those 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 churches, uh -huh. and so it's just going to take time. Get people used to it. change, change, change some culture, right? Uh, and uh, we as organists have, uh, I would say, a little bit of responsibility to to do things that are feeling challenging, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Not not staying in the same level. It's easy to do just the hymns after week after week, and everybody likes that and know that that works. Right, you right. don't get criticized for that. But if you say, "Okay, I'm going to try to create a recital series, monthly recitals, maybe for 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 starters, or just Lenten recitals, or Advent recitals, or Christmas recitals, just like seasonal music," and then you don't know if people will like it or appreciate it. Right, right? the challenge. It's a bit of a fear. And uh, it's it's sometimes it's healthy too, you know. It's mm -hmm. just it, it, too much fear is, of course, too much stress is not healthy. But manageable level of fear, it's it's okay. It's okay because it yeah. it's it's gonna been has been done before in other places. So you have many examples, and uh, you learn from mistakes, perhaps, and um, you grow from there. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if this happens at your uh, where you play, but you, I'd never get positive feedback from the church members. Never. Uh, well, I shouldn't say never. I'll hear. I, I loved what you played today. You know, one or two people will say stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But if you really mess up, uh -huh. then the feedback comes back. Ah. So that's 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 my fear with that. Uh, trying to start an Advent series or a Lenten series is that. Um, the negative people will come out and the people, the positive people won't say anything to me about it. Well, you see, it's, it's so symptomatic to human behavior and human condition in general. Let's say you earn $100, right? How mm. much joy do you feel? Well, probably a little bit, but if you yeah. lose or, or a hundred dollars get stolen from you, <laughs> what you, what do you, yeah. It's 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 suddenly much 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 more powerful emotion, right? Yeah, that's true. This negative thing. So the yeah. same is with with mistakes. People are uh, noticing them much more than 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 correct playing, flawless playing. Right, right. Because flawless playing feels natural and uh, it's just the way it is, right? It has to be like this. But if somebody messes up something or uh, uh, stops in the middle of the piece and repeats something, starts over, it's very noticeable. So whatever you do, if you feel like you are mis uh, making mistakes, whatever you play, 
just keep going never mind yep. the notes never mind i think the most important thing is to keep the rhythm uh, mm -hmm. and notes, exactly. notes take care of themselves notes are less important right right that's what i'm trying to instill in my students now mm -hmm. just don't stop get to the end yeah we can go and back and fix it and it get easier with experience of course every 10th mm -hmm. recital you will get a discovery discovery of some sorts and uh, it will get easier with with every five or ten recitals you will get discovery yeah. about um, yourself about the music that you play about your instrument even about your audience mm -hmm. you read yes yes I'm thinking, what could you do to encourage people to comment positively about your playing? Um, you could actually ask them. <laughs> that would be like That's... very uh, self uh, self um, confident thing to do. But uh, but if you don't ask, people don't know if you need any feedback right maybe after uh, liturgy you have some time to uh, communicate with them talk to them maybe they get uh, to drink some coffee or so in some churches they do at least so yep. maybe during that time you could come over come to to a person or two and ask uh, what do you think about that piece or my ending or my beginning or uh, or things like that sometimes you 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 have to ask open-ended questions that they would expand on it on, instead of saying yeah. yes or no. Yep, I, I, I should do that. You're right. <laughs> Being a little proactive. I, I usually, I usually um, my wife and I clean up around the music area and then we get out of the church as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. Ah, <laughs> okay, mingle, mingle a little bit. Yeah, with I should mingle a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that they notice that you're around and maybe they're not seeing you around and that's the reason they cannot comment on, on your playing positively, yes. right? Uh -huh. Yeah. Could be. Just 10 minutes would do, I think. Yeah, yeah. There's a, they have a coffee and donuts uh, uh, immediately following the services, so. Wonderful. I, I should do that. So, Jeremy, uh, we talked about all kinds of things, uh, things that you are working yeah. on, your goals, your challenges, right? What about your inspirations? Uh, what things that you find inspiring in your, in your work or around your work, some things that you could share today that would be very inspiring to other people, perhaps? Well, uh, uh, the first thing that I always find inspiring is going to concerts. Mm -hmm. If I get an opportunity to go hear live music and um, usually when I get done with concerts, I want to go practice. Uh, that, that gets me realizing, oh, I can do this or I can try this out and I want to do this or I want to really get this piece up to that speed. Um, I, I've been reading, a lot for getting ready for that AGO exam, I've been reading a lot of the old manuals and... Um, and things like that. So again, that gives me ideas to try out on the organ. Um, when I'm in my office, I usually have a YouTube channel on and be having either piano music or organ music going on in the background. Uh, one of my big purchases about a year ago, and I've been working my way through it, um, at, a, at an estate sale, somebody had the complete works of Bach on CD. It's uh, 99 CDs. And so I've been working my way through that as well. I'm in the middle of, I'm finally finishing up the cantatas. 
Uh huh. It's like there's like 23 of the CDs. It's it's amazing. Um, also, uh, um, I'm I'm hooked on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. So when they have deals on DVDs, so I have like the Piano Legends, Marta Argerich, and Alfred Brendel DVDs of them playing, and so I'll sit down and watch them sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Of course, and I also like I uh, currently I only have one organ student, and watching him take one of those leaps forward. Uh, uh-huh. He's playing the Goulmont Magnificat. Uh-huh. I'm having him learn that entire thing for a recital, and uh, and one of the Bach little preludes and fugues. And uh, at one point, it, it went from him taking that opening movement at like half speed to him playing it up to tempo in the course of 15 minutes and listening to him make that jump mm-hmm. was really fun. It scared the, it scared the kid. I mean, he was terrified that he was going that fast, but he was playing it accurately and uh, really quite well, I thought. Mm-hmm. So that was when something like that happens, you, it, it, it feels really good and it's inspiring. I hope so. you will share this conversation with him when it goes live. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I was jumping around when he did it, so mm-hmm. he knew I was really excited. So he will appreciate. But, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Wonderful. Uh, so, Jeremy, I think, uh, I think uh, one more thing would be really helpful for people who are in your situation who love to go to organ concerts and recitals. I after after uh, coming back home, it would be nice to notate something in a notebook or a special I don't know place online where like a blog or or even on social media if they're feeling comfortable sharing their th- thoughts about what they heard you know what uh, what went on like a little review it doesn't have to be long it doesn't be, have to be advanced it's like a little journal of your own thoughts. And uh, as you say, you like to think about music and this gets you to the next level easier, right? So the same here uh, about thinking about those organ recitals that you heard or even about Bach cantatas that you listen to uh, from CDs uh, is a big thing because after five years you will forget what you listened today or the day before today. Right, but then you could come back to those old archives and really look at things that were interesting to you now, and think mm. what what has changed, what has not, your interests, maybe your level, your skill level, and uh, this this will be like a big archive for you and maybe uh, future generations who will uh, research your life and work in the in in the yep. next millennium. Oh, posterity, posterity. Yes. Um, yeah, that's a. I, I should. I've. I've started putting it up. Um, I've been trying to interact more with uh, uh, the students up at up at Briarcliff uh, through a Facebook account. It's a Briarcliff Facebook. Sorry, Briarcliff Choirs Facebook account. Mm-hmm. And I've been posting stuff up there. I'll, I've, I've been uh, actively going and speaking to musicians after concerts and getting pictures with them, and then posting these ideas up on up on that account. So that they'll see I'm out doing things and I'm out listening to other, um, listening to other uh, musicians and and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in in Sioux City. It's often thought there's not anything going on, 
And that's just not true. It's, there's lots going on that just may not be something that they're interested in. Yes. So, so Jeremy, as we are uh, trying to wrap up this conversation, yeah. could you go back uh, 15 years uh, in time when you first started playing the organ, right? Um, what, uh, what is number one thing you wish you knew back then that might have helped you? Uh, I wish I had had a little slightly better organ technique because I played, played the organ like a piano, yes. a lot more yes. arm motion and a lot more weight playing, transferring through the fingers from the arm. And, um, it's a habit I'm trying to get out of now with Dr. C's help. So I've been taking lessons with Dr. C for three years mm -hmm. and I think I'm finally getting around to just using the fingers and fingertips and keeping my fingers on top of the keys. Um, I wish I had paid more attention to performance practice fingerings. I, I love watching your recordings of the Bach, um, all the Bach things that we're transcribing because it's, it's, it's fun to watch those fingerings. I'm going, that's just not how I do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As a pianist in playing yes. modern piano, uh, yeah. but it's fun watching that fingering and realizing all the historical stuff that's going on because of that fingering. So, uh, that I have to fix things now that 15 years ago, I just didn't know about. Mm -hmm. That would be a big thing. Yeah. So yeah. that would be very helpful for other people who want to follow your footsteps, Jeremy, right in the future. And excellent. Uh, and uh, for people who would like to connect with you, is there a, a way to, to do this? Email perhaps? What yep. would you, uh, would you I do have, uh, I'm of course up on Facebook. That's, I'm a, I shouldn't say public figure. You can, you can contact me on Facebook. It's just Jeremy Owens. I have a, the painting of Faust is my profile picture. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you can contact me through my email address, uh, which is Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, period, Owens, O-W-E-N-S, at briarcliff.edu. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much, Jeremy. This was a very um, exciting time for me to talk to you for an hour and uh, get to know to you, get to know you better, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're really, really in a great shape, and uh, in in six months from from now, I hope you will become master organist, master transposer. Also, I hope so too. All right. <laughs> Just keep working on it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. This blog is supported by Total Organist, the most comprehensive organ training program online, where you will find courses for every area of organ playing, including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, and harmony, with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Hugh writes, The sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for your SS courses and all your help. Robert writes, I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are there teaching me. 
You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner, and I have committed to taking the time to get it right, as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, It has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi Vida thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this, and I am going to try this haha no longer secret model. Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. What is very nice about your blog podcast is that Osha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total dash organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video, how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. This was Vidas and Osha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.